0: Hey, how's it sound to work less and make more? I am talking about money and there are ways to do that through commercial real estate investing. And a lot of people don't know just how easy it is to do nowadays. So this channel, Pivot to Prosperity, will show you how you can do that. It's brought to you by Pivotal Real Estate Investments, where we go find the deals and do the heavy lifting and then bring you the opportunities. So if you wanna know when opportunities come available, you need to register at pivotalrealestateinvestments.com. Every Tuesday at two for about 22 minutes, we plan to bring you another video. And so like, share, subscribe. Thank you. Hey there, Jenny Bowling with Pivotal Real Estate Investments. And I am interviewing Tom Dunkel today. And Tom has a, a phenomenal past in financial analysis and mergers and acquisitions and self-storage. And so uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and and tell us about the specifics you want everybody to know.
1: Uh, Sure, Jenny, thanks. Yeah, I I touched on some of the highlights, but yeah, I was a corporate finance guy um, in the aerospace industry, Uh, did some fun things in mergers and acquisitions and raised a bunch of capital. Uh, so that was a it was a fun corporate life. It was a great foundation, really, uh, to ultimately go out and uh, establish my entrepreneurial career, which uh was uh challenging when I left the corporate nest uh, in 2006 and went into real estate. Of course, you know, little did I know I was you know running right into uh the worst uh, time in real estate like ever. <laughs> At least that no, I the know
0: the 1980s of. were pretty bad.
1: The 80s were pretty rough too, right. Uh, very, very high interest rates back then, but yeah. So I learned some uh, hard lessons those first few years, but uh, I was determined, and uh, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be in real estate, but uh, you know, just uh, through some you know reinventions and you know trying to you know stay agile and try this and try that and fail and succeed and fail. I, I ultimately uh, found my way uh, to self storage. So uh, we're having a great. Uh, Great time with self-storage. It's a great asset class. Uh, We really uh, enjoy it and and look forward to the growth prospects. There's uh, some really good stuff going on in self-storage I'm sure we can touch on later.
0: Yeah, we will. We will. Before self-storage, what were you actually investing in? What asset class?
1: Sure, well, like a, like a lot of folks out there, I started in residential. I was in, I was doing wholesaling and uh, fix and flips, and had a rental portfolio and all those things that I'm you know just really be glad to be out of now. <laughs> um, but when the real estate market crashed, uh, I wanted to you know like I said, kind of reinvent and continue on. So I I did uh, substantially get out of the residential game, and I started buying uh, pools of distressed uh, mortgages. Uh, so that is a business that uh, continues on to this day. Uh, we've done, we've acquired over eight eight hundred million dollars of uh, distressed mortgage balances over the years, and generated uh, over fifty million in, in revenue in that business. So that that business, uh, the success there has allowed us to do some other things, which is uh, why we've uh, found ourselves ourselves now in storage after some fits and starts and some. Other areas like uh, we had a hard money lending business for a while. We had a t- title company. Uh, we did try to fix and flip some higher end homes, you know, and, the, you know, so we got rid of all that. And now we're uh, still fo- we're focused on uh, on storage. Uh, you know, I spend, geez, probably 90, 95% of my time on storage. Our distressed debt business is kind of self running at this point, which is great.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, going up too here. I suspect so. There's a lot of bridge loans out there that are probably going to be um, causing causing an increase in your business, right?
1: Yeah, that's de- it definitely take, takes a little while for the distressed loans that make themselves uh, that make their way to our company because they have to go you know through the lenders and their whole process first. But yeah, so we 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 usually are the beneficiaries after maybe about eighteen months to two years after um, you know kind of a rough spot in the in the mortgage market.
0: Were you involved in in um any way with the commercial mortgage uh back securities uh re, rebundling and or redistributing mm-hmm. whatever?
1: Uh no, not not really, Ginny. That wasn't really the, the game we were playing, although we have done some uh commercial, uh some distressed commercial loans. Uh these are all none of the none of the loans that we buy, either residential or commercial, uh have been securitized. These are all what they call whole loans that are on the being held on the balance sheets of the banks, they they're not packaged and sold out into the world.
0: I see. Well, that can be yeah. a whole different topic, and we're here to talk about <laughs> yeah. real estate. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. um, tell us about what you're doing currently with the storage. I I've seen mm-hmm. on your LinkedIn, for instance, it sounds like you'll do ground up and you'll do distressed. And so, mm-hmm. please let us know. Uh, what You and, and Bellrose, the the name of your company is Bellrose Storage, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. So we're uh, Bellrose Storage Group. I'm the chief investment officer, and our uh, our investment thesis uh, for self storage is you know we we really like to acquire uh, value add existing facilities uh, that are being poorly run, um, and we turn those operations around, increase the net operating income. And as as most folks know in in commercial real estate, it's you know income's the name of the game, and if the more income you generate. Uh, the higher the value on the property. So we get in there and we turn around the facility um, in, a, in a short period of time, maybe a couple of years, um, and then we'll, we'll either refinance it or, or sell it off and, uh, and roll those gains into the, into the next deal. And we, what we like about self-storage is it's a lot of things really. Of course, it's commercial real estate. Uh, so it's a secure place uh, for investment dollars. Uh, it generates income and high cash flow. Our uh, operating margins um, on our facilities are in the seventy-ish percent range. Uh, it only costs us, you know, about thirty cents on the dollar to to run a facility. So it gives us a lot of cash flow to pay our debts and and uh, pay to our investors. Um, and it's a growth market. So not too long ago, only about nine percent of uh, American households had a storage unit but th- that number's now up over 10% and I know it doesn't sound like a lot but if you consider that there's 120 million households in the country you know every 1% is 1.2 million new household customers for self storage there's only 55,000 self storage facilities in the country now that's more than you know McDonald's Wendy's Dunkin' Donuts Starbucks combined Pizza Hut combined uh, but that's not enough to handle this this surge in, in demand. So uh, you mentioned ground up. We we are doing some of that. We're looking at uh, those more as expansion opportunities at existing facilities. Uh, but as we continue to grow and mature as a company, we're certainly looking at uh, ground up. You know, from from the dirt up. So
0: right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, expansion potential is that's a great value add type thing for sure. But
1: uh, sure is, yeah.
0: Are you getting into the RV storage and, and out, outdoor storage as well?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Ginny. We, uh, we acquired a facility uh, earlier this year that had a boat and RV as well as uh, self-storage. It was a kind of half and half. And we're coming to really like that, uh, that segment of the storage business uh, because uh, the, uh, the, the operating expenses for those kinds of uh, facilities are even lower. Um, because it's typically, you know, kind of open air, but there's so many things to do there. Uh, I know there's a a group, a a family company in, um, in our mastermind self-storage group that's building like high end, you know, very fancy RV storage out in California. Um, so there's just a lot of different ways to go about the business, but yeah, we're, we're generally big fans of, of the boat and RV for sure.
0: Well, we were talking, I, I, you know, I was an appraiser in the 80s, and we were looking at that kind of stuff. And I also had a company that did feasibility studies. And that topic exactly is we were saying how good it is to have extra land to keep building. Mm-hmm. But it's such a demand, especially after COVID, for storing RVs and boats and, and the recreational vehicles everybody went and bought. <laughs>
1: That's right, that's right. and, and I' and I'm rusty. I, I know I've heard some of the stats out there on the RV storage business, but I, I want to say that uh, it's not uncommon for us for an RV storage customer to drive like over an hour to get to their storage facility because there's just there's just not enough of them around. and a lot of them have waiting lists and those kinds of things. So we're certainly looking at that as a potential area of expansion for our company.
0: Yeah, that's that's shocking. Um, but it, yeah, I've heard the same. But uh, well, good. Well, so and then when you are um, looking at potential um, investments, properties to acquire, how do you look at the um, construction? What are you looking for basically? I, uh, I well, guess not just construction <laughs> in every way, but the sure. the the um, construction type is. A, a, a biggie for me.
1: Sure. Well, there, there's uh, lots of things we look at when we're considering acquiring or, or building a facility. So, uh, of course, it starts with a market, right? We we would much rather be in a strong, you know, growing market with maybe a mediocre facility uh, than you know a, a great facility in a slow or dying market. Of course, no, nobody wants that. So. We look. We do a, a a study of the area. We want to see um, that there's uh, population growth, job growth, infrastructure investments going in, um, including uh, multifamily. Multifamily is a big driver for storage, and we just want to see that there's there's some uh, dollars being invested in, in those markets. Um, and, that the, and that the economy is diversified, right? We don't want it to be like a one factory town. The town the factory goes away, the town goes away. <laughs> so we're looking for you know, multiple, multiple uh, uh, job drivers in that in that economy. We also want to see like um, how many folks are renting versus owning in that market. You know, we like to see about you know, 25, 30, 35% of the market being renters. Um, we also like to see a decent amount of uh, of income per capita. Uh, so we like to see that maybe, you know, 60, 70 uh, or above. Uh, if it's too high, then that means there's probably going to be bigger houses in that market that have attics and basements and they can store their stuff at home. Uh, so we don't like to see it too, too high. Um, but so those are some of the key things we look at uh, in a in a particular market. Do
0: you have a minimum population?
1: <laughs> yeah you know that's a good question uh we have we don't have any hard and fast rules there uh because we've been successful in some more rural markets uh, but one one thing i i didn't touch on that's super important is you know what's the competition like in that market yeah. so the, the we have a facility on the panhandle in florida where it's the only facility within about 10 miles eight to ten miles um but it's not highly populated But the facility is full and we've been able to successfully push up rents, Um, whereas there's other markets where it is more competitive. Like we've been in markets in North Carolina um, and Georgia where things are certainly competitive. uh, But uh, we look at the competitors very closely. So we're we're calculating what we call a supply index. Uh, We want to make sure that there's not too many square feet of self-storage available uh, per capita. So we do that math. And if, if there's more than seven or eight feet per capita of self-storage, uh, we have to take a closer look at that because that market might be oversupplied. But on the flip side, if it's less than that, we you know, we like to see like you know, two, three, four square feet uh per person per capita. That makes us that gives us a sense that perhaps that market is undersupplied.
0: Right, right. Interesting. Um <clears throat> As far as, what what do you have in your portfolio right now?
1: Sure. So we're we're in Maryland, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, Florida, and we're soon to be um, in upstate New York and Kentucky. Um, So those are all uh, existing facilities. Uh, About five of them right now have expansions going on. Uh, whether it's the form of uh, new construction uh, expansion. Uh, Another way to expand and self-storage are um, what we call prefabricated units. Some people call them portable units, Uh, but these are units that uh, they just, they come in uh, to the facility on a flatbed truck and you place them with a uh, forklift and you're in business. Uh, There's not a lot of, you know, permitting and you know, construction and groundwater, cool. you know, containment stuff going on. And, you know, zoning is typically more favorable with those. But in you know, every municipality is a little bit different. But uh, that's mm. what our portfolio looks like right now. We are—we do have some feelers out taking a look at some some raw land uh, to, to do some ground up construction. But that's—we're uh, uh, we're treading lightly there. We're going slowly there. So we make sure we don't make a mistake.
0: What would you do if you if you had your choice though? Would you be doing concrete or would you be doing the the metal structures or what? Do you, what are you thinking with the experience you've had?
1: Yeah, so uh, I tell you what we wouldn't be doing is wood. We had a facility uh, in Maryland where we the all the partitions were made of wood, and uh, that just caused all kinds of problems. Uh, but we're we're typically going with corrugated metal. Uh, yeah, not not too many. Uh, yeah, and we don't we don't do as far as the the structures in between. You know, for the actual units, those are typically metal with concrete floors. Um, the the walls, uh, the out the exterior walls uh, might be block, um, but they may also be metal.
0: Right, right. That's what we're seeing everywhere here in Florida. I'm in Orlando, so
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, yeah.
0: Well, so and when you're putting a deal together and and looking for investors, um, how do you structure your your opportunities?
1: Sure, yeah. So we're 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 actively out raising capital uh, to match up with our growth goals uh, in storage, and uh, we uh, typically are uh, uh, bringing in accredited investors. Um, and we do uh, a, a preferred payment to those folks, uh, which means they get a quarterly or a monthly uh, cash flow payment uh, from the operations of the facility. And then once we reach a uh, once we get to the end of our value add strategies, you know, what, what we what we don't like to do is hold on to a facility for too long, uh, because once we once we implement our value add strategies, we create a lot of value in a pretty short period of time. Once we get past that threshold, you know, that return curve starts to kind of bend and flatten and plateau. And that's when we look uh, to sell if the market conditions are are favorable. Uh, But to date, we've we've had a lot of success with that strategy. We've been generating uh, really nice returns for our investors. You know, we're typically targeting, you know, kind of mid to high teens uh, for an overall return Mm -hmm. with uh, the cash flow payments and kind of the 6 to 8%. uh, Annualized range, um, but so far, you know, knock on wood, uh, we've been actually able to exceed those those targets uh, with our investors in in the portfolio. So I'm um, glad to say we have a lot of investors who, once they start investing with us, they keep investing with us multiple times over time.
0: Well, that's the great thing about this. And you're talking syndications, right? Yes, yeah. syndications, okay. As yes. As opposed to joint ventures or something. So Correct. Um, and that's, you know, I, I've only joined this space in the last few years um, where I've truly been diving in. And um, I'm finding that, you know, I've got lots of peers with decades of real estate that don't know about this either. So there's mm-hmm. a learning curve and whatnot. But um, the um, hope, And my expectation is, is once people get a bite of the apple, they're going to want to stay. And so you want to find the people you like to do business with. And chances are, you'll kind of grow as, as a family, you know, and, and build wealth and rinse and repeat. So they, they say, so I, I truly, um, can appreciate what you're saying. And, and uh, it sounds like you're doing great with the returns and all. So um, do you have anything, are you, well, are you doing 506 B's or C's? Can you advertise your deals?
1: Yes. So, uh, so we started out doing 506 B, which I think is fairly normal for folks, you know, as you're, you know, starting to grow your business and, you know, you go to your friends and family who you've known for some time, you have that pre-existing relationship. uh, They may or may not be accredited. So that's where we've been. Uh, to date, actually, uh, the deal that we're closing this week is our first 506c uh, offering. So we have been generally soliciting. We've been uh, hitting the social media channels um, and the podcasts and the uh, the emails and, and those kinds of things, hitting the email lists. Um, and so that's been going that's been going pretty well. Uh, but you touched on something a minute ago, Ginny, that I, I thought was really important, which is you know kind of growing together. Um, and uh, of course you can't see it, but over my camera here, I have my uh, uh, up on my wall, I have our company purpose um, and our core values and our and our flywheel. But the, the purpose of our company really is we, we're trying to really benefit all stakeholders who we come in contact with. Uh, so if it's investors or sellers or buyers or uh, you know our, of course our employees and our internal team and our close, uh, external team. And uh, as, as we were talking before we got on the air here, uh, you know, we use a lot of VAs, you know, we're, we're just trying to make everybody's lives better through real estate and, you know, help our investors create wealth uh, passively um, in a secured way, you know, generating income, you know, building growth over time. So I th- I just wanted to make sure I touched on that, because I thought that was a really good point that you made.
0: Right, right. And, then, and there's a lot to be said for <clears throat> when you're trying to do the, that win-win approach. You know, um, people people like to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And um, when you treat people well, then it tends, what goes around comes around is, is our philosophy as well. Um, Absolutely. Two questions I want to go back to, and then we're keeping this short. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll wrap it up. But one is... Um, you mentioned you resell but but do you sometimes just refi and hold your asset?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question, Jenny. You know, one of the, one of the attractive things about real estate, right, is the tax advantages and the depreciation over time. Um so it's uh it is something that I think we could do better as a company is uh is is capturing those benefits uh, cuz we do generate really nice returns for our investors. Uh, but we certainly, I think, could do a better job on on the tax side. So, what we're doing there is is we are looking for uh, lenders because ultimately that's that's really who needs to buy into this strategy, right? Because a lot of lenders they don't want you to do a cash out refi and you know pay back your investors and kind of hold hold into the deal. You know, a lot of lenders they don't like to see that you know that cash leaving the deal. They like to see it in there so that they're secure and safe. Uh, so we're in a process right now of looking for uh, lenders that are okay with the cash out refi. And then also just um, ways for us to maximize those uh, tax advantages through uh, cost segregation studies, uh, not to throw out a big term out there to everybody, but basically it's a way to accelerate the depreciation of the facility um, by looking at each individual piece of, of the uh, facility uh, so the doors and the springs versus the roofs versus the walls versus you know uh, the buildings—they uh, all have different depreciation schedules. Exactly so, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so we're 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 going to be doing a better job of that going forward for sure.
0: Okay, okay. And lastly, you said this one you have now is a five hundred six C. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're excited about this acquisition. Uh, we're acquiring Kent Self Storage uh, up in uh, Carmel, New York. It's about an hour north of uh, Manhattan. Um, and it's, uh, it's a kind of a little vacation-ish community. There's a lot of lakes around there and you know, a lot of outdoors uh, kinds of th- kinds of activities. Uh, but w- there's a couple of things we love about this deal. Um, one is in this environment where we're in right now, where, you know, we're starting to see term sheets from lenders on acquisitions where, you know, rates are seven, seven and a quarter, maybe even eight, um, eight and a quarter. We saw one recently, um, this facility we're acquiring at 5% fixed, uh, interest rate. And it's interest only for five years.
0: Nice.
1: And the reason we, part of the reason we we're able to get those terms was because it's seller financing. So the seller has owned this facility for a long time. He he has a lot of equity in it. Uh, we're buying it for six million. I think he only owes like four hundred thousand or something. But okay. he doesn't want to take the tax hit. So right. to avoid taking the tax hit, uh, he's on his side been able to structure this as more of an installment sale. Um, where he's we're just going to be paying him interest. So, as folks probably know out there, if, if if it's just interest and you're not including any principal in your payment, of course the payment's going to be smaller, which means there's going to be more cash flow left uh for investors. So we love that. And and in this environment, to have that kind of a rate and that kind of a term, I think is is really cool. Uh and then secondly, uh, we love this opportunity because it's his rates, his rental rates for his units are 34% below market. Oh, wow. And this is, this, I know it's a lot of people like raise an eyebrow like that uh, about that, but you'd be surprised how many self-storage operators are, you know, it's, they're not really operating it like a business. It's a, it's a mom and pop operation. The last thing they want to do is have any kind of fancy website or marketing program or, you know, anything that they need to do to, to, uh, keep the uh, the units full is what they're going to do. So what they do is they keep their rates artificially low mm-hmm. and they just want them full. So they don't have to deal with any of the turnover or any of that. Uh, so he knows that his rates are below market. I don't think he realizes how low <laughs> they are, uh, but he's, you know, in his, in his early eighties, uh, he likes to play golf. And so he's just and he's comfortable with the amount of money that's coming in right now. Um, so we're gonna go in and we are gonna push the rates. Uh he does have a lot of extra uh parking. So we're gonna be pushing the boat and RV and and car parking uh an opportunity there as well that he's not really taking advantage of. Um, and one of the buildings on the property is not really being used to its highest and best use. So we're gonna be converting uh that. Uh, space into a storage as well, so well, there's a lot of ways we can we can add value with this facility in a very short period of time.
0: And what is the minimum investment?
1: Uh, minimum investment is fifty thousand.
0: Okay, and um, accredited investors only.
1: Accredited investors, <laughs> yep. It's a four year hold, and we're targeting an eighteen percent overall IRR. Uh, and because of the cash flow, I was just mentioning with the with the terms on the debt, we're actually able to offer a ten percent. Uh, cumulative preferred return on that one.
0: That's great. That's really great. Yeah, Yeah. It's a terrific asset class. And so thank you Mm -hmm. for coming on and talking about it. And uh, why don't you tell people how to reach you?
1: Sure. Thank you, Jenny. This has been great. Thanks so much. Uh, Yeah. So I'm Tom Dunkel at Bellrose Storage Group. You can find us at bellrosestoragegroup.com. It's only one L-B-E-L-R-O-S-E, storagegroup.com. And I uh, invite folks to visit us there um, and uh, join our investor portal. That way you'll be notified of our upcoming op- opportunities to invest. Uh, then on the website too, you can uh, learn about our team. And then we also post articles there just to try to add value to the world out there. You know, what we're seeing uh, in terms of what's happening with the economy, what's happening with real estate, what's happening with self-storage, what's happening with other asset classes that might impact storage. So uh, we, we try to, uh, add value there however we can.
0: Right, and I'm going to go sign up right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sounds great.
0: Appreciate your time very much, you take care. Thank you. Well,
1: I hope you enjoyed that. If
0: you did, please like, share. And most importantly, if you want to know when an opportunity comes available, do register on pivotalrealestateinvestments.com so we can get in touch with you. It's important to have a conversation. Likewise, follow us on Facebook and uh, Instagram. We'll have free things we pass out time to time. Thank you.